Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, today we're doing a wrap-up episode, a too-long-didn't-listen wrap of B-Scene. Now, B-Scene is the third B in our 5Bs framework. Here on the podcast, we are dedicating one season to each B in our 5Bs framework. We're getting to the end of what we are. We're right at the end of season three. It's the finale, Kevin. It is finale, George. We're finally here. A little windy towards the end there, but we had too much good content to squeeze in. Yeah, it kept going, but exactly. We just had so much that we had to say and we had to keep going with the episodes. Now, Kev, before we dig into the content, I do have to say that the podcast is growing. It's so good to see the download numbers keep climbing. But Kevin, I also know that the podcast is growing because For the first time, I've actually had friends and family reach out. The people I actively tell, please don't listen to it, reaching out and telling me that they've listened to the podcast. Wow, that's wild. And uh, maybe it's growing in the wrong direction if people we actively discourage from listening to the podcast are listening. But all the same, it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. It's actually landed me in some hot water, Kevin, uh, because my friends have realized that they often feature in these little discussions at the beginning of each episode. And I don't know if you remember, I discussed the very expensive dinner that I had um, with a friend of mine who runs an Instagram wine page, fill up your glass. Yes, yes. He sent a a message in our group chat with our friends saying, what is this? You tight ass, George. (laughs) He says, I didn't know that 
$250 a head was expensive for an eight-course degustation with two back-of-house wines. And I clarified and said, look, I'm not undervaluing what we ate and what we drank. It's the fact that I said, let's go have a casual dinner. And I was expecting to have a $40 dinner and that turned into a $250 dinner. <laughs> well, that would land you in some hot water. But, you know, service to the listeners. We got to keep them entertained. So uh, buckle in, George's friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not hope it's my friends auditing the podcast that is contributing to our downloads. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> anyway, Kev, as we said, we're wrapping up BCing, the third B in our five Bs framework. And I want to cover off initially, Kev, just by chatting about be seen, you know, doing a recap on what does it mean and why does it work? So what does being seen actually mean, Kev? All right, listeners, if you have been with us in the season, you'll know that be seen really just means amplifying the reach and impact of all that helpful content and expert content that you've now been putting out there for some time, hopefully. Be seen is really there to help you get the maximum impact out of your efforts and putting that content together so you can reinvest the return and keep scaling. In short, it helps you amplify your helpful content to the right people and therefore accelerate your growth. That's it, Kev. It's all about really maximizing the impact of your efforts. We've gone and done all that really hard work in the first two Bs, be ready and be helpful. And so many people actually ignore those first two foundations. But when you get those done, be seen becomes so powerful because as you said, Kevin, we start using paid media as an amplification tool. And that's what really helps accelerate the growth. Well, George, let's dig a little deeper into why being seen in this way works. Let's revisit what we talked about and be helpful. Yeah, Kev, it's something that I like to revisit pretty often because it fundamentally comes down to understanding what happens when we're asking someone to buy our product or service. Now, listeners, don't forget, when you're asking someone to buy your product or your services, you're actually asking them to change the status quo of what they're currently doing. Now, if they hire you or buy your product, Keep in mind, they're opening themselves up to scrutiny to their boss, their stakeholders, and their colleagues. Because if this product or service doesn't work out as promised, then they've actually got something to answer for. So how do we overcome that? Well, you need to get that dream customer to trust you. And that's what your brand is. It's all about building trust. If they trust you, that jump to employing your services or buying your product becomes a lot easier. Because they're thinking, okay, well, you know, Kevin, he's not going to let me down. I've seen all the awesome content he's put out there. He's super helpful. He's clearly an expert in this area. He won't let me down. And you've built that trust by providing really helpful content that solves pain points for your dream customers now. So now you have that understanding of what content is truly helpful to your dream customers and what pain points they have that you're helping solve. You can then start to use your paid media to really amplify that in front of those dream customers so then they start to come to you and they buy from you because you've built that relationship with them. Super importantly, you've built that reputation for being an expert in your field. The five Bs is all about building trust at scale online. And a big part of that in BCN is you started that process with the Be Helpful content and BCN helps you leverage and get the most out of that. That's again what BCN is about. It's time to reinvest what you get out of the Be Helpful stage 
and start to leverage that uh, through a bit of pay channels, through a little bit of ABM maybe to maximize the impact that you're getting from that same content. And in doing so, amplify your expertise and the relationship that you're building with people and the trust that you're building with people through those same paid channels and to the right people, hopefully. That's it, Kev. Now, I've had a lot of fun this season. I think that's probably why we've dragged it out over so many episodes. It's just been so much information to share with our listeners, and it's been a lot of fun discussing it. Kev, why have you loved this season? Why have you loved BSEEN, the third BNF5Bs framework? Well, I think one of the biggest things is, you've mentioned this already, George, when you have those be ready and be helpful stages done, it really simplifies what role paid media should play in your business. There's a lot of experts out there in the paid media space, you know, performance marketing, marketing agencies, and what have you, plenty of people in that space. And it can be really confusing to figure out what's right for your business and how do you approach that within your own business if you have a team in-house. But with seen and what I love most about it is if you've done the work in understanding your customers, deeply understanding them and creating helpful content already, being seen, all those paid channels just becomes about amplifying that great work you already started. And so it's very simple to always come back to that understanding of paid channels of seen as a whole. Yeah, it goes beyond the channel experts that are out there, Kevin, who, look, if you listen to the channel experts, the LinkedIn experts, the TikTok experts, all those gurus, they're going to help you get improvements of maybe, you know, 5 10% than what you could do if you're out there on your own. And look, over a really large business, of course, that can make an impact. But those tactics very often ignore the foundations that are actually going to get you those 50% improvements. And the foundations are what we speak about in Be Ready and Be Helpful that lead to those 50% improvements because they're built on very foundational, fundamental understanding of the customer and how to help them before we actually take paid media to amplify all that awesome work we're doing. I think a caveat to add here, George, is that seen also encompasses this understanding that there's a separate role for paid and demand capture channels. And that happens closer to the start of your growth journey. If you can afford to use those channels, you can actually use it to do a bit of demand capture right at the beginning to build a client base so that you actually have something to reinvest into demand generation. And I think that's a real light bulb moment for a lot of our listeners and certainly for myself when we started to dig into the framework and understand the role of paid channels, that there are two separate roles for pay channels. One is that that beginning to build that client base. And then more importantly, it has this amplification role to play, which we really focus on and be seen, but it doesn't discount that separate role nearer to the start of the growth journey. It's just important to keep in mind that that role, that separate role at the start is very short term. In the long run or even medium term, it will tap out pretty quick and you won't really be able to use that alone to keep growing sustainably you have to pivot to demand generation sooner or later and the earlier you start the better yeah well said kevin i mean of course you have to start by capturing that three to five percent of the market who are ready to buy a product or service like yours right now because as a business you probably can't wait for the rest of the market to catch up and be ready in buy mode but what we of course recommend is you dedicate some of your budget into starting to build relationships with those who are earlier in their purchasing journey, people who aren't ready to buy yet. So by the time they're ready, 
they're going to come to you. And then you're not in that bloodbath of constantly competing in the demand capture channels of people who are ready to buy right now. Kev, one other thing I really loved about Be Seen was our little mini series that we did on ABM, which is account-based marketing. I mean, I think ABM just gives you such a deliberate mindset, particularly when it comes to honing in on exactly who it is that your ideal customers are, even to the stage of looking at, you know, what does the buying committee look like when we're looking at a prospective business? Who's the champion? Who's the decision maker? Who's the influencer? Who's the blocker? Can we go beyond qualifying firmographic and psychographic and demographic data and go, can we look at disqualifying factors as well? What would disqualify someone um, so that they are clearly not a good fit for our business? Because sometimes that's just as important as qualifying people. Really, ABM just makes your marketing so much more targeted and impactful. So I thought that was really, really fun, Kev, because we also showed our listeners how they can get started doing it as a really small team, a team of two on an absolute shoestring budget. I mean, you don't even need paid ads to execute ABM. Yeah, that's right, George. And that was in episodes 40 to 44 listeners. So go check that out if ABM is of interest. I think generally is just a great uh, showing of how infinitely practical uh, BCN is when we talked about a lot of these concepts. It's a lot less abstract than some of the stuff that we talked about in the foundations in Be Ready. A lot of this is applying very practical things, but uh, at the same time, it's then tying that back to the foundations that we discussed before and making it practical in day-to-day operations of being a marketing manager, being a demand gen uh, expert and putting that framework to work within the business that you're in. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. All right, George, another question we like to ask in the end of season wrap up is who was your favorite guest from the past season? Oh, Kev, it had to be Rand Fishkin, right? Founder of Spark Toro, founder of Moz, the wizard of Moz, as he's called. Uh, He was just such a nice guy, right? He's easily the most high profile person we've had on the show. He's an absolute legend in the marketing space. And, you know, just feel so lucky, Kevin, that he gave us the time of day. You know, he booked this podcast episode about eight weeks out from when I asked him to come on the show and he absolutely stuck to it and he delivered some some genuine gold for us. And Kev, for me, the biggest learning from Rand was that nice guys don't finish last, right? He has gone long on being helpful for a very long period of time. 
He built Moz over 17 years by doing a whole lot of things that really don't scale that well. Jumping on podcasts, you know, sharing knowledge, running Whiteboard Fridays, just being helpful for so long. And I loved how he really pointed out, Kevin, that marketers have become far too transactional. Like we look at people, we look at podcasts, we look at dream customers and all we see is dollar signs thinking, what ROI can I get from this investment? And I think, Kevin, that that is very, very short-sighted and it doesn't lead to really long-term relationships. And it's those long-term relationships that I think turn out to be the best business relationships. And it's not always immediately clear when you're making them why that might be the case. Yeah, that's a great call out and definitely enjoy the conversation with Brian. And as you said, very privileged um, and lucky to have him on the show. He did drop some real gold on that podcast. One that I liked uh, in particular was the conversation with Miles. I think he spoke about an issue that a lot of us uh, marketers in-house face uh, when we talk about that transition to demand generation from a business that's very much lead gen based, uh, transactional in nature, and almost hard to pivot, uh, especially if you're bigger. Uh, It's harder to change the organization's thinking around that towards demand generation. And it's a bit scary for marketers in general anyways. And beyond that, it's just a bit hard to get started, you know, without too many practical things talking about that transition. So I really enjoyed that episode with Miles because he gave a lot of very practical examples about how you can get that buy-in that you need to start that transition process, how you don't actually need to do everything all at once. You can start small and start changing little things along the way and show little things along the way to start that journey for the rest of the business. And that is a very common and very difficult problem that a lot of us in-house marketers face. So some great practical tips from that episode with Miles. And again, Kevin, just another really lovely person. Uh, Everyone we've had on this show, they're all just such genuine, nice people, and they're absolutely killing it doing what they do. So I don't know if that's coincidence, but it's, it's lovely to have them on our show and share their energy and success with uh, with our listeners. I certainly hope it isn't a coincidence, George. Uh, it's always nice to interact and work with people that are nice. All right, Kev, I went and ran the numbers this season and looked at what episode we got the most downloads from. This one actually kind of surprised me a little bit, Kevin. It was episode 49, which is be seen, where should you start with B2B advertising? Now, why do you think that is? Oh, well, uh, I guess without jumping straight into the heads of our listeners, which as you know, listeners should always be the first place you start. Ask the, ask the source directly um, as you would your dream customers. But short of that, I think maybe it's just one of those foundational and fundamental questions that people might have skipped in discussions before in other resources. Or maybe it's just one where there's so many opinions going around that it's hard to know what to think and which one stream to follow. Um, so where should you start with B2B advertising? I mean, that's a very fundamental question. And part of the reason why we started this podcast, right, George, is that we feel like it's an underserviced area. There's not enough people talking about where do you go with B2B advertising? What's some of the principles behind that? And how do you go about it? There's probably less, there's always less talk in that B2B space than compared to the equivalent B2C space. So potentially it's just one of those where, There's either too little information or too much information that 
it's uh, it's a bit of a mess for anyone trying to figure their way through it. Yeah, I would like to think, Kevin, that hopefully we've built a lot of trust with our listeners over the last three seasons. And so when we pose a really fundamental question that a lot of other people have had a go at answering, hopefully people are tuning in going, oh, well, we trust Kevin George. I'd love to hear their take on this. And as per usual, they're not going to get a straight channel-specific answer from us. We're going to give them a framework to work out what is best for them. Probably our nature as lawyers, Kevin. The truth is highly dependent on your own situation and there's a lot of context to everything. So frameworks work much, much better than hard and fast answers. Yeah, and we're hopefully not tooting our horn too much, um, but hopefully helping people uh, to learn how to fish rather than giving them the fish uh, and giving them frameworks that will last throughout their careers and, and ongoing so that it doesn't have to change too much when a new channel pops up or new tactics pop up. That's it. We want this podcast to be evergreen, right? We don't want it to just for people to just listen to it once and then it was only relevant at this time that we made it. We want people to go back and be able to listen to it in order as we've designed it. All right, Kev, uh, what have we received the strongest response on? Which episode have we received the strongest response on? Well, I guess I'll probably answer that. And by strongest response, I'm really just looking at what have I received the most qualitative feedback from, whether that's in comments, people DMing us. And that was, Kevin, the ABM series that we did over five episodes where we showed people how to launch their first pilot ABM campaign. Why do you feel, Kev, that this got such a big response from people? Part of the reason maybe is that ABM is potentially kind of daunting to start. Uh, often you hear ABM being done by the big players, the big guys in different industries, and they seem to have a whole team around it. And so to have a series like we did talking about how to launch it on a shoestring budget with a very minimal team, it's just great to cover that and to give people an option that, yeah, ABM is something that you can use even in a small business. You don't have to have a huge team behind you to launch that effectively. You can build that up over time and giving people the permission to do that, uh, even in the small business, hopefully will help people get that practical start they need um, and practical starting point that they need to get going with an ABM. Because as you said, it is very powerful, it is very interesting, and it doesn't have to be just for the big guys. And I think getting started with any sort of demand creation is always a little scary, particularly when you're coming again from a lead gen heavy environment or a very new business. So giving them that access to a series of tactics through ABM and a starting point for them, that's pretty practical for a small in-house team. Maybe that's what was appealing about that. And probably a lot of people were curious about it uh, for, for their own businesses. Well, Kev, that probably explains why the one that got the second strongest response was the episode on how to get started with demand creation. As you said, getting started with demand creation is really difficult for a lot of businesses. A lot of them are on that lead gen hamster wheel. They're really focused on trying to capture demand at the same time. And it's very difficult for them to know where to begin. You know, how do I even begin to start creating this desire, this want for our product or service rather than just trying to find people who are ready to buy right now? So hopefully we have answered that over this season and over uh, season two. Be helpful. Hey, George, uh, out of the episodes that we did this season, what do you think was the most practical? 
Well, aside from the ABM series again, Kev, because that was showing people step-by-step what to do, um, I would say the episode on choosing the right ad channels, that was episode 48, and the best way to create your product ads, episode 51. Uh, I mean, episode 48, choosing the right ad channels, I must get at least two LinkedIn DMs a week, Kevin, of people asking me, you know, what channel should they promote their podcast on or what channel should they run their ads on? And the platform, as you know, Kevin, it always depends, right? Like where are your dream customers hanging out? Who are they following that's influencing them? Where are those places? And that's where you need to go. And again, Kev, in that episode, we give people a real practical framework to follow to then draw their own conclusion on what is the right platform for them. Yeah, and we talked a lot about how do you find out where those places are and be ready and be helpful. So definitely listeners, you should have all the tools ready to help you figure out that question. And then the best way to create your product ads, Kev, episode 51, we gave people a whole list of questions that they should be asking themselves and their dream customers and the answers from those they can turn into forming their product ads because that's how you're going to get product ads that really nail those pain points and really resonate with your dream customers. Any others, Kev, that uh, sprung to mind for you in terms of being the most practical? Well, those are probably the top ones off the top of my head as well. Um, But I will add in special mentions for the interviews with Miles and Sylvia. So that's episode 56 and 58, respectively. I think surprisingly, they became very practical because we got into the nitty gritty a few times around how exactly to do that pivot to demand gen uh, when you have an in-house team and senior leadership that is lead gen focused. And with Silvio, that conversation around exactly what adds to run at that earlier point in your journey for growth, for demand capture, he gave some very practical points, even down to sort of settings you can put into your campaigns when you first start them off and and how to target your audiences. You know, all those things are very, very practical, maybe not as evergreen as some of our other episodes, uh, but definitely very practical. Yeah, that episode with Sylvia was great. Kevin, I remember after we recorded it, I said to you, oh no, Kevin, I've completely buggered that one up. And then I went back and listened to it and I was like, wow, Silvio has dropped so much awesome knowledge here that I don't even sound that bad anymore. Uh, so it's well <laughs> worth a listen. Yeah, no, it was definitely a good episode. And George, being a little too hard on yourself, you did, you did well. Um, but definitely Silvio gave us a lot of practical insights and hopefully something that our listeners really enjoyed and appreciated. All right, Kev, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge that our marketers are going to face when executing Be Seen from this season? I think from my own experience and from, you know, the conversations we had through the interviews and some of the feedback that you've been sharing, I think probably getting that buy-in when shifting from lead gen to demand gen is going to be the biggest challenge our marketers face. It's something that we've spoken about already a few times in this episode, but it does seem to be something of a recurring theme in this BC season. It does keep coming back to that problem of how do we get the rest of the team on board? I might be sold on demand gen and needing that pivot because I can see the numbers, I can see where things are trending, but how do we get the rest of the team seeing the same things? And it's important to remember that in doing that shift, it can happen gradually. You can start little things. You can start with the lower hanging fruit of content that is obviously not working for lead gen 
and just ungating some of that and seeing what happens on the demand gen side in terms of brand traffic and engagement on the website. There's a few very small things that you can do to start that journey that will just help you snowball into bigger and bigger things on the demand gen side. Um, so hopefully that is something that we are helping solve with the content we've put out this season. I think one of the big challenges will be, Kevin, is that, again, for all of this to work, it is very much contingent on having that deep understanding of your customers. And I know that getting access to customers can be a bit of an issue for some marketers in businesses. And I'll just say, just, you know, keep pushing as much as you can to be speaking to those customers yourself. You know, if you truly can't try and go the next step down, which is going and talking to other people in the business who are customer facing to get those insights. That's a great point, George. And uh, what about you? What do you think is going to be uh, the biggest challenge or any other big challenges that our marketers will face in executing be seen? Yeah, I think when launching their ABM pilot program, actually getting sales on board to do it. I mean, I know people think that you need big teams uh, to run an ABM program, but you can really do it with one marketer and one salesperson together. So marketers, you can do it in a small team. It's just going to come down to you convincing sales that this is a great thing to run together. And I think if you pitch it in a way that shows, hey, look, we're actually trying to create that relationship and do a lot of that education upfront. So by the time we hand the dream customer over to you, they're already so aware of our brand. They're really aware of like the key benefits of our product. They're aware of the facts that we're experts in the space. And so it should make that outreach, you know, much, much more successful because we have a really warm prospect before we actually try and activate that person into a paying customer. So getting the sales team on board is always going to be a challenge, but hopefully we've given you a good place to start. Mm, good point, George. And listeners, if you're finding that as a pain point, definitely go back to episode 40 to 44 where we go through that process of talking about ABM. Well, George, we talk a lot about making this podcast evergreen. Um, so I guess a logical question to add on in our end of season wrap up is which episode do you think will be most relevant five years from now. Look, Kev, again, I'm going to mention episode 55 with Rand Fishkin, why marketers need to play the long game and be helpful. Being helpful is a mindset when it comes to marketing. And I think when you take that mindset with your marketing, Kevin, it's really, really hard to go wrong. And I think fundamentally, marketing is about helping people, helping people become a better version of what they are and helping them get to where they want to go. And I don't see that changing, especially five years from now, Kevin. I think it's a fundamental truth about humans. And Rand is someone who has absolutely nailed that. And the approach that he shares in that episode, I think will well and truly be evergreen. What about you, Kev? There's, there's two others that I'd like to mention. The first one is episode 46, where we talk about building a feedback loop from your content back to your ads. You know, your content is going to change over time. Your ads is going to change over time. But that process of linking the two and getting the be seen element of amplifying your helpful content, some of the principles in there that we talk about in that episode is not really going to change. And that's going to be a very powerful link that you can draw from the be helpful stage to the be seen stage going forward into the next five years. And that's probably not going to change. People are just going to get more and more invested in the digital space and Connecting your helpful content to the ads that amplify the helpful content will be very important. 
And the second one I'll mention is episode 50, where we discuss that concept of creating versus capturing demand. I think it's pretty fundamental. I think most of our listeners will be pretty across it now, uh, but I think it's still going to be one of those very important things uh, ongoing. We're, we're in the online digital space in marketing now, well and truly in there, and that's probably not going to change. It's going to change in form, but not going to change in principle that it is going to be online, and there will be channels and uses of those channels that are creation-based um, for demand and capturing-based for demand. And it's important to make that distinction between those two purposes, um, not necessarily based on channel, but based on the purpose of how you're using that channel. So keeping that in mind going forward will serve our listeners well in figuring out what they should be focusing on, which is creating demand. <laughs> That's it. Hopefully in five years' time, Kevin, we have more marketers creating demand. Or Hopefully the ones who are listening to this podcast now are well and truly into it. Uh, I think there's going to be huge demand, Kevin, in the next five years for the marketers who are able to create demand. As demand capture channels just become more accessible to everyone, much easier to get into, it becomes more competitive, your skill set becomes commoditized and it becomes much harder, you know, for the business that you're actually working for or if it's your own business to break through on demand capture alone. So marketers who play the long game with creating demand, I hope that you're very well placed in five years' time from now. Very good, George. Well, let's wrap up. The key takeaways from this episode. Be seen means amplifying the reach and impact of the helpful expert content you're now putting out there. It's about using the foundations of be ready and be helpful to both create and start closing demand. It ensures that you get the maximum impact out of your efforts so you can reinvest the return and keep scaling. In short, be seen helps you amplify your helpful content to the right people and therefore accelerate your growth. Beautiful. Thank you, Kevin. Now, listeners, you can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes. And next week, we're actually going to do a reminder of the 5Bs framework, cover where we're at so far and what you can expect next season when we launch into our fourth B in our 5Bs framework, which is be better. And we're so grateful that each week more and more marketers tune in every Monday. And if we can ask one thing, it would be to please leave us a short review on whatever platform it is you listen on or do us one better and pass it on to someone who you think would get value from the show. It's an amazing help to us and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Kevin, for an awesome season. Take care and see you next week. Thanks, George. Thanks, listeners. See you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. 